Hello, podcast listeners. Today is the beginning of our Lenten series, and I'll be looking at the lectionary all through Lent with the passages from Mark's Gospel. Today is the first Sunday in Lent, and we're looking at Mark 1, 9-15 from the lectionary. Mark packs a ton of action into these few verses, so I invite you to think about the depth within these verses as I read them. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And let us pray. Gracious God, as we consider the story of Jesus today, we recognize that this road leads to the cross. Give us the courage to walk with him and to see how we might find the depth of our own faith is greater than we imagined. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Pastor James Moore tells some amusing lessons reported by children from the title, Great Truths About Life That Little Children Have Learned. I wanted to share a few of them with you. Number one, no matter how hard you try, you cannot baptize a cat. Number two, when your mom is mad at your dad, don't let her brush your hair. Number three, you can't trust dogs to watch your food for you. Number four, don't sneeze when somebody is cutting your hair. Number five, you can't hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. Now, how do you imagine that the children who made these observations came up with these great truths? They likely learned them from firsthand experience. Sometimes our experience can lead us to new insight and new perception, even new vision. I think that Jesus knows that if he is going to be ready for ministry, he's going to have to test himself. So we see him baptized today. And then I like how Mark words this. The spirit drove him into the wilderness. He must go. And this is different from being led by the Spirit. This is an urgency. He doesn't just stay a short time either. It's 40 days. And this is symbolic. The people of God, after leaving Egypt, spent 40 years in the desert. They faced a lot of tests in their wandering. And some they passed, but others they failed. Jesus fasts for 40 days in the desert, and he is also tested. But we see Jesus succeed in his faithfulness that marks a kind of redemption for humanity. He gets it right. And there's an implication that we can get it right as well. So I've set the stage for Lent in my writings in our church newsletter and in my blog about the story of the donkey who somehow fell down the well. It's a parable, really, and you probably heard it. I'm going to repeat it once more because I'm not under the illusion that everyone reads everything that I write. So the donkey is down the well and he begins to bray for someone to let him out. The farmer discovers him and he scratches his head. How in the world is he going to get this donkey out? Because the donkey was old and the abandoned well was a hazard, he decided it would be best just to put the animal out of its misery 
and fill in the well. Okay, yes, this is cruel. Please, I'm just the messenger. <laughs> so he gets several of the farmhands to help, and they start to shovel the dirt down the well on top of the poor beast. Well, that old donkey began to bray even louder, but the dirt continued to fall. Finally, he started shaking off the dirt on his back and stamping, as donkeys will do when frustrated. As the dirt continued to fall, the donkey continued to shake it off and step on top of the newly fallen dirt, tamping it down as he did. Pretty soon the well was filled and the donkey was seeing eye to eye with those who tried to bury him. With a triumphant bray, the donkey hopped out of the well and trotted off. Now, if we can get past feeling sorry for the donkey, we can see inspiration. When life throws dirt on you, is it an attack or is it a test? Jesus was tested in the desert through the temptations. One could also say he was attacked by the devil, but we don't talk about it that way. Is there a difference in how you see it? Jack Cornfield has a saying, life is a test. It is only a test. Had this been a real life, you'd have been instructed where to go and what to do. This reminds us to have a little perspective. Richard Carlson in his book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and It's All Small Stuff, asks us to apply this principle to something we are forced to deal with, maybe like a difficult teenager or a demanding boss. Carlson said, see if you can redefine the issue you face from being a problem to being a test. Rather than struggling with your issue, see if there's something you can learn from it. Ask yourself, why is this issue in my life? What would it mean and what would be involved to rise above it? Could I possibly look at this issue any differently? Can I see it as a test of some kind? He says, if you give this strategy a try, you may be surprised at your changed responses. As I go through this Lenten season, what if I look at my own suffering as a test of my fortitude? I might say, I'm not going to be beaten by this. We look to Jesus as our example. And what did he do? Mark says that the angels were with him during his fast. This is one way that we visibly recognize that God is helping him. So Mark is pretty brief in his storytelling. He devotes two verses to the whole temptation. Matthew and Luke seem to say, you left out a lot of good parts here. And in their version, when Jesus is tested by Satan, he replies with a Bible verse each time. Do you remember? God is with him within the relationship with Scripture that sustains him. In our own time of testing, we would do well to follow this example. Now we see Jesus successfully resist the temptations of Satan. Yay, he gets it right. But then we immediately see the arrest of John the Baptist. Boo, this is awful. It's almost as if the devil is saying, if I can't touch you, I'll touch those around you. Sometimes we have the false understanding that if I am only faithful enough, then evil won't touch me or chaos won't touch me. If I'm only faithful enough, I can avoid suffering in this life. Well, they touch us all. Evil, chaos, and suffering are a part of the human experience. And these passages we read during Lent remind us that if they can touch Jesus, well, they can sure touch us. So it is false thinking to imagine that if I'm faithful enough, I can avoid trouble in life. I mean, Jesus went through a 40-day fast and resisted temptation by the master tempter. If that's not faithful, I don't know what is. And he still finds that trouble haunts him. His cousin John, who baptized him in the River Jordan, is arrested, and not for any crime. He's arrested for speaking truth to power. So how do we respond to adversity? We seek to be like Jesus. Our theology, how we think about God, is also a response 
to adversity. Sometimes when things go poorly for us, we may say, God, why do you hate me? This theology is the opposite of the Christian message. The love of God is what lifts us up and sustains us. Do you remember teenage surfer Bethany Hamilton? At one time, she was ranked the top amateur teen surfer in Hawaii, and the world learned her name when she lost an arm to a tiger shark in October of 2003. We wouldn't hold it against her if she had been devastated by this loss. But soon after the attack, she began to raise money to restore a man's eyesight. And then while visiting New York City, she gave her ski coat to a homeless girl. When asked about the gift, she said she had more than she needed in life. She also maintained her competitive spirit. A story in USA Today stated, as always, Hamilton remains undaunted. She has told her father that if having only one arm proved detrimental to reaching the top in competitive surfing, then she'd see about playing soccer. Her pastor, Steve Thompson, said she's looking forward to the future. She's asking herself, how can I show the world I still have a life, that I still enjoy my life, and that my life is filled with joy? She has an underlying trust that God is taking care of her. Now, this story came out 15 years ago, so I wondered if she was still happy, still staying positive. So I did some internet research and found out that Bethany got married in 2013, and she just delivered her third child on Valentine's Day last Sunday. Her husband shared that mama's happy, she's healthy, we're just so thankful that everything went smooth. He goes on to say, it's really just an amazing blessing. It's incredible, the birthing process and just the miracle of life that God has given. We're just humbled, and we're thankful that we get another opportunity to raise our son in the faith. Hopefully, we can be good examples and love on him. Bethany, in announcing her pregnancy in October, said, grateful for more family fun to come. And she wrote this alongside a playful video clip where she is playing in the water with her two other sons. It looks like she's still struggling and finding the joy in life. When we face adversity, rather than, God, why do you hate me? Rather, we say, God, thanks for getting me through that one. Whew. Jesus must have known John the Baptist before his baptism. Luke's gospel tells us they were cousins. And in that day and age, family knew even their distant relatives. Jesus probably looked on it as an honor that John baptized him. And then he saw his cousin arrested, not for doing anything criminal, as I said, but for speaking the truth. Some of us might as looked at the life of a public preacher and responded, well, that's not for me. But Jesus looked adversity in the eye and said, his arrest is not beating me. His arrest is not going to intimidate me. There is something stronger in the world, and I'm here to show it. It's very normal for us to grow frustrated occasionally, even in the best of times. And when the world is turned upside down, we're going to have days that are not our best. So how does our faith help us respond? Dirt keeps landing on my back. Time to tamp it down and step up. Amen.